Hello, and welcome to the Diet Diatribe podcast. The show is designed to talk about the honest failures and successes that we all experience when it comes to diet and exercise. So we want this to be uplifting, but we also want it to be truthful and realistic. As we age, we all know our bodies slow down, our metabolism drops off, and our sex drives go haywire. Nothing goes the way we want it to, even our butts drop and all that kind of crazy stuff. But we want to talk about all these things and share our crazy stories about what we do to try to lose weight and get healthy, as well as what we might be doing wrong in that battle. I guess you could call this a podcast diary of sorts, and each week we're going to break down our diet and exercise and what we're experiencing health-wise. We're also going to try to have guests on the show who will talk about their stories too. Here it is, my diet diatribe for the week ending in September 27th. I know it's been a while since I've posted any information for you guys, and that is because I have been absolutely swamped with work and with other projects that I've got going on. But today I want to talk about something that is a very personal issue to me, and that is hypothyroidism. This is a condition that I have experienced for the last five to 10 years. I'm not exactly certain how long I've been dealing with it, but I did notice about six or seven years ago, I started to gain weight. I was dealing with hair loss, fatigue, and a whole host of other issues. Went and got tested at my doctor's and discovered that I was suffering from hypothyroidism. And it is one of the things that has contributed to my steady weight gain for the last five to 10 years. So, I've gained about 30 pounds. I'm not going to lie. It is very uncomfortable. It is not something that I like, want, need in my life, but I know what is causing it because I have been tested and it is a blood test they do. And I just want to give you guys a little bit of information about hypothyroidism. And I'm taking this information and cutting it out of another podcast that I work on because I found some very useful information that all of you might potentially need, want, and be able to use if you suspect that you too suffer from hypothyroidism. So here it is. So here's a little bit more information about what hypothyroidism is. All right. So I found an article on goodrx.com that talks about hypothyroidism. And the article is actually titled, What Happens If You Don't Treat Hypothyroidism? Are you feeling tired? Are you having issues with weight gain, hair loss, anxiety? Your thyroid might be to blame if that's the case. Our thyroids affect almost every one of our bodily functions. But do not worry, hypothyroidism is easy to correct in most people. What's the thyroid and what exactly does it do? The thyroid is a small butterfly-shaped gland in the front of your neck, and it's a thyroid hormone factory. Thyroid hormones control everything, including your body temperature, your heart rate, your blood pressure, your metabolism, your weight. They even affect how your skin, hair, and nails behave. Your thyroid gland takes iodine from your blood to make hormones. Your thyroid is in constant communication with your brain, and your, your brain sends out a signal called thyroid-stimulating hormone, which is TSH. This tells the thyroid when the factory needs to up its production. When the body has enough thyroid hormone, the brain relaxes and sends out less of this hormone, telling the thyroid to make less hormones. It sends out less TSH, telling the thyroid to make less hormones. How's that for teamwork, right? What is hypothyroidism, though, and what exactly causes it? Hypothyroidism is when the thyroid doesn't make enough thyroid hormone to meet the body's needs. It affects about 4.6% of the population, it's estimated, or about 5 out of every 100 people, and most of these people are women. People over the age of 60 are at especially high risk, and other risk factors include certain medications that you take and how they affect your hormone levels, 
Some of the medications that can affect your thyroid are antidepressants, anti-seizure medications, birth control pills, mental health related pills, and other things. Some things that can also impact your thyroid or thyroid surgery, which means you had, portion, you had a portion of your thyroid removed or previous treatment for too much hormone production, radiation to the area, a family history, a pregnancy in the last six months, or having an autoimmune condition or an iodine deficiency. Without iodine, the thyroid gland cannot make thyroid hormone. This is now mostly an issue in developing countries and not in the U.S., though. In the U.S., iodine is added to salt and other foods to prevent this deficiency. So what are some common signs of hypothyroidism? This is a tricky part. It's easy to attribute signs of hypothyroidism to something else. Stress, aging, not enough sleep, not drinking enough water. Typically, the effects creep up on you from months to years. Here's what to look out for. Low energy levels, even when you get enough sleep. Weight gain, even when you're not overeating. Skin, hair, and nail changes, like dry skin, hair loss, and brittle nails. Irregular periods, irritability, feeling cold when other people don't. Forgetfulness, pins and needle feeling, or a tingling, prickling sensation in hands, arms, legs, and feet. Swelling or puffiness, cramps, constipation, and decreased libido. Listen to your body, folks. Report your symptoms to your primary care doctor and they will take your history, examine you, and decide what you need to have tested to determine if you too have hypothyroidism. So how do they detect hypothyroidism? It's diagnosed with a blood test. Most commonly, your doctor will check your level of thyroid stimulating hormone, which is that TSH again, as a screening tool. A high TSH level means there's not enough thyroid hormone in your body and the brain is sending signals to the thyroid to make more. Depending on the results, your doctor can order another blood test to check a full thyroid panel or test for autoimmunity. In most labs, the normal range for TSH is 0.4 to 4. A, C a TSH higher than 4 could mean hypothyroidism. Lower than 0.4 points to hyperthyroidism, which is exactly the opposite, where your body is producing too much of that hormone. In pregnancy, the range can be lower, and with older age, the range is higher. How is hypothyroidism treated, though? The American Thyroid Association recommends synthetic drugs, which can mimic the hormones released by your thyroid gland. The most common synthetic medication used to treat it is levothyroxine. This is something that I am currently taking, and I am taking it in a very small dose at the moment. Usually when you're diagnosed, your doctor will prescribe a medication if your thyroid is low, and they'll usually start at the lowest prescription strength and evaluate you a month, two months, three months later to try to determine if what they have prescribed is strong enough for you. And this usually involves a second, third, and sometimes fourth blood test so they can determine how your body is functioning with the additional medication. Most people with hypothyroidism need to take drugs for this for life. The dose depends on your level, age, weight, medical history, and gender. Your doctor will estimate your starting dose and watch your levels, and they will make adjustments if they need to. Be aware if you are thinking of treating your condition herbally, you need to know that herbal remedies high in iodine promise to treat hypothyroidism naturally. 
While iodine deficiency can cause hypothyroidism, it is very rare in the U.S. If you're not deficient, taking extra iodine will not help. It can actually make things worse. And too much iodine can cause the thyroid gland to shut down hormone production. In addition, it might delay you from getting the treatment that you actually need for your body. But what happens then if you don't treat hypothyroidism? Without treatment, hypothyroidism can lead to serious medical and physical health problems. It can also make it harder for you to get pregnant if you are trying that. During pregnancy, insufficient thyroid hormone can be dangerous for both the mother and the baby. Mental health. Hypothyroidism affects your mind as well as your body, and it can slow your thoughts, make you forgetful, and affect your ability to concentrate. In fact, hypothyroidism is one of the reversible causes of dementia, and that is something that I did not know until I started researching this. Not having enough thyroid hormone puts a damper on your emotional well-being too. You could experience more mood swings and irritability, and people with hypothyroidism might be more likely to have anxiety and depression. If you already suffer from depression, having hypothyroidism can make it harder to treat this. Goiters. An underactive thyroid might become enlarged, and we call this a goiter. Goiters are usually painless lumps in the front of your neck, and they can cause you to cough, make your voice hoarse, and affect your breathing and swallowing. If the goiter is small and doesn't cause symptoms, it might not need to be treated. Treatment, if necessary, usually consists of medication and surgery. Heart disease. Having an underactive thyroid can increase your risk of heart disease. It makes your heart beat slower and less efficiently as well. This increases the risk of coronary artery disease and congestive heart failure. In other words, arteries get clogged and the heart might not be able to keep up. If you have heart disease already, hypothyroidism can actually make it worse. Nerve damage. Long-term hypothyroidism can cause damage to nerves. You could feel pain, numbness, tingling, and weakness, but mostly in the hands. The nerves of the hand travel through a narrow channel in the wrist called the carpal tunnel. Swelling from hypothyroidism tightens the tunnel and can hurt the nerves inside. Nerve damage from untreated hypothyroidism can also cause hearing loss. And that is something that I have been concerned about recently as well, as I'm beginning to notice that I'm losing a lot of the hearing in my left ear. And I feel like this might be related to the fact that I've had this condition for about five or six years and only recently started to get treatment for it. Again, I had treatment for it when I was first diagnosed five or six years ago, and then I had probably three to four years where I did not get any treatment for it and tried to treat it homeopathically. And I've noticed recently that I started to experience the weight gain, the hair loss, the dry skin, the brittle nails, and those sorts of things. And so I went and sought this medical treatment for it again, and now I'm finding out all this other stuff that's involved. But in any case... Hearing loss is a condition that can be attributed to not treating hypothyroidism. Another thing that is impacted by hypothyroidism is fertility and pregnancy. Because hypothyroidism affects a woman's fertility. It can make your periods irregular, which means you won't even be able to track your ovulation, or it can prevent you from ovulating altogether. In one study, almost 25% of women with infertility had hypothyroidism. After treatment, most were able to conceive within six weeks to one year. Hypothyroid women who do get pregnant have a higher risk of miscarriage as well, and they're also at risk of other pregnancy complications like high blood pressure, anemia, 
bleeding and placental abruption or early separation. Higher levels of thyroid hormones are needed to meet the demands of pregnancy. And without treatment, hypothyroidism can affect the baby's development. There might be a higher risk of preterm birth, low birth weight, respiratory distress, and stillbirth. In addition, studies have found the IQ scores of children born to hypothyroid mothers are seven points lower than those born to mothers with normal levels. It all sounds pretty scary, but relax. The risk to moms and babies is avoidable with the right treatment. Screening pregnant women for hypothyroidism is a little bit controversial. The American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists and the Endocrine Society say doctors should not universally test for hypothyroidism in all pregnant women, while the American College of Clinical Endocrinologists agrees but recommends further research. So who should get checked? Number one, women who have risk factors, and number two, women who have symptoms. So do not be afraid to speak up when you go in for your annual examination with your doctor, or if you just feel like this might be something you are suffering from. If you fall into one of these categories, see your doctor as soon as you find out that you're pregnant. Even better, try to see your doctor while you're still in the planning stages. These drugs to treat hypothyroidism are safe to take in pregnancy. If you already take medications for hypothyroidism, there's a good chance you're going to need a higher dose to meet the demands of your growing baby. Your doctors will watch your thyroid levels throughout your pregnancy and after delivery, and they'll adjust your dose as necessary. Life-threatening hypothyroidism. If severe hypothyroidism is not treated for a long time, it can actually be life-threatening. The body slows down to the point of being in a coma even. Even with treatment, many people do not survive. But the good news is it's easy to detect and treat hypothyroidism. And getting to this point is very, very rare. So what is the bottom line here, folks? Hypothyroidism is easy to diagnose and treat. The hard part is realizing that your symptoms might be coming from your thyroid. If you feel that fatigue, the cold intolerance, the weight gain, the hair loss, all in combination, I'm not talking about just one of these symptoms separately. I'm talking about in a combination of factors where you've got three or four of these symptoms together, go see your doctor. It's especially important if you're planning a pregnancy or you have risk factors, your doctor will need to take your history, examine you, and decide if you need testing. Like with a number of other medical problems, getting treatment early is best for your health and well-being. So are there any other things that you can do to make your thyroid happy and to help prevent some of this? This was what I wanted to know when I was studying this whole issue. Because number one, I didn't want to be on a medication for the rest of my life. And number two, I wanted to know, are there things that I'm doing in my life right now that could be adversely affecting my thyroid? Eating specific foods or taking supplements will not help you control hypothyroidism, but they can make you feel better, lower your stress, and prevent disease. Make sure to keep up with your medications that your doctor is prescribing you but know that natural or homeopathic treatments cannot replace traditional ones 99% of the time. You need to keep a healthy diet going. There's no special meal plan for managing thyroid disease, but a well-balanced diet can help you feel good and help to ward off hypothyroidism in many ways. It's best to follow the healthy eating guide recommended by the American Association of Clinical Endocrinologists. The key is eating balanced. Do not eat too much of any single type of food, even if it's a healthy choice or something that you heard might be good for thyroid disease. 
Medical professionals want us to know that no specific foods are particularly good for your thyroid. So eating too much of any food is not good for you. Choose a wide range of fruits and vegetables. Eat colorful ones like berries and grapes. These are high in healthy antioxidants and can help your body to function well. Limit foods with saturated fat like red meat. Have seafood, which is high in healthy omega fatty three acids at least twice a week. Some choices that can affect your treatment or the way your thyroid works. Let's talk about some of these. Soy and coffee. These are no-nos because they can lower your body's ability to use hormone medication. You don't necessarily have to avoid them entirely, but don't eat or drink them close to the time when you're going to be taking your medications. I read somewhere that they ask you to wait about a half an hour after consuming your medication to have coffee or wait. If you're going to have that morning cup of coffee, you wait a half an hour after you have your coffee, after you finish your coffee to take your medication. So they did studies and they found that people who were on these thyroid medications often were not using the medication as effectively when they combined it with coffee drinking in the morning. And I know a lot of us do that in the morning. So just make sure you do not take those two things together because it can impact your body poorly. Uh, kelp and seaweed. You may have heard you should stay away from these because they're high in iodine, which can interfere with your thyroid, but experts do not agree. Doctors say that most seaweed is good for you. They do caution against kelp, which can have higher levels of iodine. And they also say it's all about it's all about moderation. It's okay to eat these, just do not overeat. You also have things like kale, broccoli, and spinach, which are high in iodine. Not so high that you need to avoid them, but go easy on them. Too much can make your condition worse. And then supplements. This is something that has been very controversial as well, because there are a lot of companies out there that claim they have a supplement that can cure your thyroid condition. Scientists and doctors want you to know that there is no proven role for dietary supplements in the treatment or management of true hypothyroidism. So if you've heard that there's a certain way they can help you, it is probably not true. Supplements can also mess with your treatment and be harmful. Iodine supplements, for example, can cause your thyroid to make too much or too little hormone. Too much of a healthy vitamin is not good for you. And fiber supplements can absorb medication and keep the full dose from working in your body. So be careful when you're taking those as well. And herbs can interfere with your medication and may not be safe or effective. And I know that there's not a whole lot of FDA regulation on those right now. So you want to be really, really careful about what you're taking. And do not take any supplements without talking to your doctor first about how they could potentially interact with your medication. Complementary treatments. Let's talk about some of those. Some of these can lower your stress and help you relax. They're not going to cure anything and they cannot replace conventional treatment. So use these in addition to your regular treatment and not instead of it. Two major things that experts do recommend now is acupuncture. It can improve your symptoms and it can also help your body respond to your regular treatment. Plus it's good for your immune system, doctors are saying. And then yoga, it's good for relaxation and has not been scientifically proven, but could also improve blood flow to your thyroid gland. So those are things you wanna try. You might also wanna try meditation. This can help relax you. There's no risk as long as you continue with your regular hypothyroidism treatment and stay away from natural, quote unquote, thyroid products. The FDA does not regulate them 
And what's more, dosing is not consistent between brands or even between doses. So talk to your doctor about any treatment you're considering before you start it. And one final little tip about some foods that are not suggested if you want to try to keep your hypothyroidism in check. Let's talk about what some of these are. And we already talked about one of them, and that was the soy products. Because these can interfere with the production of thyroid hormones. It's also why soy and soy-based products like soy milk, soy chunks, etc. are best avoided for those with hypothyroidism. Another thing that you want to try to avoid is cabbage, broccoli, turnips, and other veggies. These are at the top of the list because they're known to hamper thyroid activity by affecting the iodine absorption of the body. Another thing you want to try to avoid is caffeine and not just coffee. Tea and other sodas contain compounds that could hamper the production of iodine, and if you're suffering from hypothyroidism and take medication for it, caffeine can also interfere with how these medications function. I already mentioned that earlier. One of the more common symptoms of hypothyroidism is weight gain. That's why it's best to stay away from foods that contribute to your growing waistline, including sugar-based products. Things like dessert, sodas, processed foods, candies, etc. can cause weight gain, which further hampers your metabolism. You also want to try to avoid gluten-based products, including bakery, things like biscuits, cakes, cookies, and pastries. These often worsen hypothyroidism symptoms as well. And then those with underactive thyroid must keep a check on their sodium intake as excess sodium can cause high blood pressure, which is one of the health complications that can arise out of hypothyroidism. So stay away from those processed foods like salami, sausage, bacon, and packaged foods, including instant noodles, soups, and sauces. So just keep your sodium levels in check in order to provide as healthy a diet as you possibly can. And for my own personal journey, since I was diagnosed and started to suffer from this, I have probably gained about 30 pounds total, which is very, very uncomfortable for me. If I stay on the medication long term, it usually is helpful and I usually drop back down, but it has been a struggle. It definitely has been a struggle because I definitely feel the fatigue, the hair loss, the weight gain, and then even occasional anxiety as well. And I've been trying to manage things. I didn't want to have to take the medication on a daily basis, but speaking with my doctor, I realized there were a lot of complications and issues that I've been suffering on a day-to-day -day basis that are pretty much attributed to hypothyroidism. And this was diagnosed with looking at my blood test that came back. And you also should know that your blood tests can spike pretty dramatically in a very short period of time if you're not taking care of yourself. Like I had testing done in February 2020, and then I had testing done again in, um, I believe it was August. And the difference between February and August was pretty significant as far as a drop in my uh, thyroid production. And it happened very quickly. And now that I'm on the medication, I definitely feel a lot better. But it's something that I realize I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. And it is really important to stay healthy and take care of myself and limit alcohol and sugar and the other bad things that I might potentially putting into my body that could be helping to contribute to my body's inability to make those thyroid hormones efficiently and productively. So this whole experience has really taught me how vulnerable we are as human beings to our health. And if you don't take care of yourself, then it can impact you in ways that pretty much 
<laughs> affect your whole body and your whole body's activity. I've always been an athlete my whole life as well. And not being able to go out and run three to five miles uh, because I'm exhausted has been one of the side effects of hypothyroidism for me as well, as well as the weight gain. Like I've never been someone who gained weight easily. And I've always been the type of person who lost weight extremely easily. And now all of that is pretty much <laughs> up in the air with the hypothyroidism. So it's something that I'm going to continue to monitor and continue to see my doctor for. And I will update you guys on the progress with that and what is happening in my life with my hypothyroidism. But it's a very serious condition. If you suspect or think that perhaps you are suffering from that, it's best to go get tested, go see your doctor. Let them know what you think it might be and what you're experiencing. Do not be afraid to speak up. These are things that uh, need you need to speak up about. It's important because it could impact a whole host of different things in your body, including if you're trying to get pregnant or if you're experiencing significant health impacts that you really can't explain, such as the weight gain when you haven't done anything different with your diet. I hope that that gives you guys a good understanding of what hypothyroidism is. And I'm going to go ahead and wrap the episode up for the day. This is the point in the podcast where we say so long, farewell. Please rate, review, and subscribe. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, you can shoot us an email. We're at lightningrodinfo at gmail.com. We're going to put that in the show notes. Our social media is at podcast.addict. We definitely post pictures, other information on there occasionally. And please join us again next week. We're going to talk more about our diet, do's, don'ts, failures, successes, all that good stuff. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay healthy, stay sane, and always live your very best life. Bye now.